Welcome to the Boston Sports Syndicate Podcast, a production of the Syndicate Network. Boston Sports Syndicate. I'm missing you back to back to back to back to back. Nights in my place and I need you in my habitat. We don't need a time and a place so your baby face it. And now, here's your hosts, Michael and Bill Travers. Welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast michael and bill travers bringing it to you bill how are we doing today i'm doing good how are you i'm hanging in there um before we get into our quick thoughts and before we get into our episode we obviously have to bring back the widely popular um james cam hey james welcome how uh how's it going today good it's good it's good um does anybody have any quick thoughts to lead us off before we uh before we get started james You want me to go first, James? Your uh, your microphone's muted. <laughs> okay, so we're getting used to this. Welcome back, James. So, <laughs> uh, do you have any quick thoughts to lead us off? I got plenty, but I would, uh, I would like you guys go first because I got too many. I don't have one, so if if you can fill as much time as you want with your quick thoughts, because I don't okay, have a single one. Okay, so I got two. I got one, with the Bruins and the whole NHL right now, and number two is. I got with the Red Sox to call someone. Oh well, we those, those aren't quick thoughts because those are those are discussions that we'll, we'll have amongst those categories. Quick thoughts are out of town stuff. Nothing. Nothing. Go figure. Dad, uh, uh, Bill, Jesus, uh, Bill, do you have any uh, any quick thoughts? Blowing all our secrets. <laughs> out of town stuff. I got in town stuff. Okay, and go it's ahead. a quick question. It's not a quick thought. Okay. The so Wednesday night and last night. We're recording on Saturday, by the way. For those listening to the podcast Saturday, later on. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. We're recording on Saturday. So on Wednesday night and last night, Friday night, yep. we had all three Boston sports teams going. It was a real workout for our remotes. <laughs> and Sunday. And It'll tomorrow. Sunday. And tomorrow we'll have the same thing. Yep. Um, so last night after um, the final game ended, your mom, my wife, the matriarch of Boston Sports Syndicate, Debbie said, well, at least we got two out of three. So it got me thinking. And I'm going to put this question out to everyone. If you had to pick two out of three to win, which two would you take? Celtics Bruins. Okay, I disagree with you. So we can save this for the end. We'll throw it out to everybody that's watching us now. And we'll talk about it at the end. As a whole? Or just on each particular night? Last night in particular. And even I have the same opinion for Sunday as well. Okay, for last night in particular... Then I'll change my answer to Bruins Red Sox. Okay, James. Oh, fr- I'm sorry, Friday night because at this Friday point, night when when right. people are listening to this on the podcast, last night might mean Sunday to them. But I, this Friday night, Bruins Red Sox. The Celtics could afford to to not win one. Okay, James. In, in my opinion, I would also go with the Bruins Red Sox. Celtics were in Indy. Could have gave Indy one win. Be all happy. But yeah, it was Bruins Red Sox. Okay, would you go with the same thing tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow Sunday. Uh, Bruins Red Sox. Yeah, I mean Bruins okay. are a must same win. Thing. Bruins are a must win. And, Absolutely. And I kind of feel like the Red Sox are in must win situations. As close right as now, you too. can get in April. Right. Like so. Right. I mean, right. so maybe it wasn't such a great question. Now the Celtics are up. Well, it was because the easy answer is the Bruins Celtics because they're both in the playoffs and the Red Sox don't really matter. But with the Celtics being up three zero or even two zero. Maybe right. they, they were in a better it. position to lose than the right. other two teams. Right, right, exactly. What would you pick? I would have gone with the same thing. 
Bruins, Red Sox. Bruins, Red Sox. Yeah. Okay. What uh, What team do you want to start talking about first to lead us off the 23rd episode of Boston Sports? Uh, why don't we get the Patriots out of the way like we always do, seeing their offseason? Okay. The Patriots' schedule is really, really the big news that came out this week. Eh. Ish. 1A is yeah. the, the Patriots' schedule. Um, I mean, nothing really big news, but still stuff to talk about. Do you have any gripes with the schedule? No, not really. Uh, the schedule overall, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same as it is every year. You know, you you get that glut at the end of the year where they're playing all division games and somewhere in the middle. So, you know, the the big thing was the opening night game against the Steelers. I think that's going to be kind of a snooze fest with all of of what the Steelers lost. They're not going to be that good of a team this year. So why why would the NFL have them start with the Steelers? Because there's so many options you could have. That you could have the Browns, a right. coming team like the Browns. You could have the Chiefs. Uh, a rematch of the AFC Championship game. You could have. It had the Giants. Giants, yeah, with their with their with, with their know, history. Quote rivalry. I don't, I don't even really consider it a rivalry, but um, the Giants are, are. I mean, they've got some young talent that could be an interesting. I just feel like the Steelers are like. It almost would be like playing the Broncos the year after Peyton Manning left. Like it's it just it's not the like it's not the same team over there. Right. And. Everyone knows what the Patriots do to the Steelers year in and year out. So, well, not why, last year. Why do you think? Yeah, true, true, true. Why do you think they chose? Why do you think they chose the Steelers? Probably be just because they were still one of the elite NFL franchises. The team may not be that good next year, but they're still one of the big name franchises. You know, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Giants. They're they're you know the Raiders. Yeah, they're the traditionally known teams. You know, as opposed to the Jaguars, the Titans, teams like that. I would argue the Jaguars might even be a better game. The ja- it might be a better game, but I'm I'm looking at the marquee matchup. The name, you know, you've got say. the name. Yeah, then it should have been the Giants or or the. Ch- well, the Giants usually open the up with the Cowboys. Okay, so I don't see how it's not the Chiefs. It should be the Chiefs. That was your like, AFC Championship game. I don't understand how that's not automatically worked into the schedule. Now like, that might be good for the Patriots because we know how they start out. So you don't want, do you, do you want to get that loss out of the way because you're probably going to lose. Two out of your first four or five games, anyway, or yeah, do you want to play would. them later in the season? No, no, when, no, no. When you know what you have, and no, and I'd, I'd rather I'd rather play them. I'd rather play them to start the season because you remember what gonna, happened two years ago when they played them to start the season, and yeah, it sparked and it, they got absolutely smoked. Yeah, right. But but if you're gonna if you're planning on losing one or two of your first four games, which they do every single year, shouldn't one of those games be against a team that has a legitimate chance to beat? Like the Chiefs are a legitimate you, contender. You would so, hope so. So you would think that if you're if you're playing them in the early early going and you lose to them, like that's last, better. Like last year with Jacksonville. Which everybody thought Jacksonville yeah, was yeah, a contender. Exactly. exactly. And but then now, it turned out they weren't, but because they played their Super Bowl in week two and they beat the Patriots, and that was it for them. Yeah, I don't see Andy Reid. Andy Reid doesn't seem to, to fall into Andy Reid. I don't know what I'm doing until Andy it's Reed, like until playoffs. it's the playoffs, right. Or so until like, he has to do clock management. So I don't see that happening to him in the regular season. But what I'm saying is if you're gonna play if you're if your scheduled losses, like we always like to talk about is scheduled losses, are the first four weeks of the season for the Patriots, and then you play Kansas City in week 11 or 12, that's another potential loss. Why not just get them out of the way at the beginning of the season? Sure. So it's not another loss tacked on at the end of the year. Right. I mean, and, and As opposed to really not knowing what you are in the beginning of the season and running the risk of losing to the Steelers. Right, whereas at the end of the year you would beat. That's a, right. that's a game you should win. Right, especially at home. Right. Um, the other thing I've heard is people are a little upset that the Patriots aren't playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. And I saw James' hands go up, so maybe he has a thought. I actually have. I thought on the Steelers and Patriots first matchup is actually smart 
because in the Super Bowl era, the Steelers on the Patriots are the most Super Bowl champions. If you're celebrating the 100th year of NFL, that's probably one of the marquee matches. Good one, James. I like that. So that's the reason why they put that there, guaranteed. Even though Steelers yeah, are in I'll buy a, that. Because they both, I think they're both six and both rings, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. So you got the two most. And that's why we. That's why we brought him aboard right there. That's why we have the James Cam. That's right. That's right. Bring, also, him, bring in the also, hot knowledge. Also, so when he has to, when he wants to speak, he just throws his hands up. And he's like, wait, <laughs> call on me. <laughs> but, I'm going to uh, get a red light just yeah, for the middle yeah. of the table. So you should have seen him rocking out to our intro music. He had, he all, the, every he had all the moves going he's on in his seat. He's a huge fan of IMCDM. <laughs> I, I love his stuff. Okay. He's a huge fan. Um, but, yeah, I am on the boat. I am tired of every year the Patriots are facing the Cowboys and Come on, Roger. Come on, NFL. You want people to sit down and watch a football game on Thanksgiving? You put the Patriots and the Cowboys. Can I tell you something? Day. I look at this exactly how you looked at Pittsburgh, like that matchup. Because to me, when the Patriots play the Cowboys, people are going to watch no matter when it is. And people are going to watch the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day game no matter, no matter what. Right. So why so, put one of your marquee matchups exactly. there when anybody's going to watch it anyway? Exactly. So if you, like, when you, when you, th- Cowboys fans are going to watch the Patriots, and Patriots fans are going to watch the Cowboys. That's like those are two of the biggest teams in the NFL right now, with the Cowboys being America's team. And I don't even know if that's still a thing. And they still call themselves and, that. And the Patriots being public enemy number one. People are going to watch that game no matter what. They're going to watch the Thanksgiving Day game no matter what. You could put a perfect example: Lions and. We watch the Lions every every Thanksgiving. Why? Do you ever watch the Lions, Lions? No. other than that? No. Or when they're playing the Patriots? No. That's my point. But we watch it because we're because, home. Right. We're, we're either eating or getting ready to eat. That's my point. Is that So that's why the Cowboys aren't playing the Patriots on Thanksgiving Day because you're, you're going to watch that game no matter what, no and matter what, who's playing in it. What I don't like about the Patriots playing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving is they have to travel on a very short week, and that's, that's never good. The, uh. the I, l- I like to look at the records of the teams that play on the Thursday night games, the ones that have to travel. Did, is it- I think th- I think since they've started doing that, the Patriots have only traveled once for one of those games. Uh, it was a couple years ago they went to Tampa Bay. But the Patriots have also went and faced uh, Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. Yes. Yeah, so I'm talking it- about the regular Thursday night games. But he just wants to, he wants to sit down with a turkey-filled belly. Watch the Patriots, Cowboys. But so you might fall asleep to after eating all that turkey. You don't want to fall asleep during a Pats game. <laughs> no, I make sure I have like two coffees. Before. Two cups of coffee. Yeah, a little chocolate um, pie. The yeah. the other the other thing was the Chiefs Patriots game was not in prime time. It's a four something and, game. And if correct me if I'm wrong, but the Browns game isn't in prime time either. Right. Like those those have to be the two that you circled this well, you, year. As you a, can't put as the Patriots, Patriots in prime time every week. No, but they've, they they've the, got to spread it the around. Gi- they, they're playing the Giants on Thursday night, the Jets on Monday. Like, who cares about the Patriots Jets on Monday? Like, yeah. make that make yeah, but, that be the Chiefs. But game. in New York, which is a major media market, that's going to get huge ratings. I hate it. Well, I mean, I, I, underst- I understand Cleveland. I guess the one I don't get is Kansas City. How is that not a market? Is that matchup? later in the season? Because it's, it's like it could 11 be flexed. Or tw- I think it's 11 or 12. So it could be flexed to the Which Sunday pro- night it game. It probably will be, but why wouldn't it be there anyway? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. In other Patriots news, um, they signed Demarius Thomas. And before you say anything, I want James's reaction first. 
for my own personal agenda, basically. But James, what is what are your thoughts on Demarius Thomas coming now to the uh, to the Patriots? Make sure, you, yeah, there you go. A smart move. Wow. I thought for sure, Mister Patriots need to sign everybody. When they finally sign someone, you were gonna say, "I hate it. He's soft. He's <laughs> he sucks." I thought for sure no, that's, that's what you. you were gonna say. No, 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 no. What would you say? That's you. He said, "That's me." That, that's he, you. He's softer. That's what he would have said. <laughs> And stupid, <laughs> and I suck. That could be me. Yeah. No, no, good point. Good no, point. that's it's. They got rid of Hogan. Demetrius is like a Hogan, but Ooh. ten times better. Demetrius. Demetrius. Is this a new player? I don't like my president from the Greek Asian. League. Demarius. Demarius. Demetrius. Whatever. <laughs> Thomas he might not even stay on the team by final cut. So yeah, it's it's a smart move. It's a cheap deal. I'm all for it. Kind of like the Safarian Jenkins deal. It's kind of like Eric Decker. Right? I think it's a little more than Decker was, but like, but like that's De- more Decker towards the end of his career. That's kind of the same. That's kind of the same type of deal, though, right? Like you're coming in to try and see to make the team. Yeah, like there's I mean, no guarantee. Bringing in veterans, seeing what they have left. You know, it's it's like when you bring in a bunch of uh, relievers and and you see which one's going to work. Is it a panic move at all? No, I don't think it's a panic move. I think it's just a. Uh, I mean, it's a depth move. Do you, do you, it's, so like it's like Jenkins. It's, like it's, Jenkins. A, it's a depth move. Do you think that he can actually be a contributing factor to the offense? Like, like sure. he's coming off an Achilles injury, right? So he'll be as contributing as Dorsett. Don't know about that. I think that. he's better than Dorsett. I, he I guess, was better than Dorsett. I guess my question he's, is: he's thirty-one. Take away, take away Edelman. Is he now your second best receiver? No, I'd still say Dorsett is your second best. Yeah, I, I mean, know. you got to see what he, Thomas has left, especially coming off an injury. Right. I, I think this is a this is a a risk, a high risk. No, I'm sorry. No, low, risk, low risk, high reward. Exactly. That's it's exactly. It's kind of yep. like this is exactly like we think we talked about Jenkins in the same exactly. in the same way. Right. High risk. I'm low risk, high reward. Right. Yeah. I'll get it eventually. Thomas is going to be probably mostly used in the red zone because he's a big target. He, he is a big target. Yeah. And I don't see him in the start of the field. I think they're going to the new Patriot way of offensive football is running. So they're going to run it. As much as possible, and then the Thomas is going to start it. So now they've got two potential big targets in the end zone, yeah. you know, which is going to make up for the loss of Gronk. And we don't even know what's going to happen next week. What about with Josh Gordon too? If Josh Gordon comes, if Josh back, Gordon that's another comes back. red zone type weapon. They got to keep these two guys from partying with each other, though. <laughs> and 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 that'll help. I think that'll help Demarius Thomas because that'll pull coverage off of him. Sure, you know, yeah. deep down the field, it's red a smart zone, move that type by of thing. The Patriots. Do you think he ultimately makes the team? Is my is really my only question. All depends on if he can learn the offense and if Brady trusts him. Wasn't yep. there? I think I think it was Chris maybe posted something about Demarius Thomas saying how much he hated Tom Brady. Like yeah. a video yeah. from like when he played in Denver or whatever right. about how much he hate. I mean, it, it was, was, it, was, was it, it was a little more vulgar than that. Yeah, but, but he, he basically. But, said he but then he said stand. he's great. Yeah, but he, I feel like it's more out of like, like you know how you like can respectively hate someone that he hated right. Tom Brady and then like two years ago said Tom Brady's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, no, I think it's when you're competing no, against him that's when you say like, and they're gonna like hug that. it out. You know, as soon as, no, soon as the, the if David and Price, when Brady ever gets to uh, the David Price, if he goes to OTAs or or as soon as they start training camp, don't care about any of that anymore. They're gonna. Hug I told it you. Out. I told you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not falling into that trap this year. I'm not doing it. So, um, any other Patriots stuff for you before we uh, head on to another team? Actually, I do. Go because um, the Thursday matchup is going to be the best looking matchup on TV. Which one's that? The Giants versus Patriots. Do the Giants have a nice color rush uniform too? 
solid white with the throwback giant. Oh color. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's going to on TV. I'm ecstatic for that reason. Going to look beautiful. In games, probably gonna be horrible, but on TV, the giant stuff. But yeah. Anyway. Okay, so what? What? Uh, where are we gonna go now? Let's go to the Bruins. Okay, so before we start, I know everybody has their has their uh, thoughts and opinions. I work something up, and you haven't heard this yet, but I work something up. Um, Is this Bruins related or hockey in general? Hockey in general. Here we go. Does it have anything to? Uh, Tampa Bay is setting the world on fire. <laughs> Tampa Bay's a wagon. Nobody's going to beat them. Tampa Bay's a wagon. Tampa Bay's a wagon. Do you know what Tampa Bay did this season? Tied the all-time record or wins in a season for the NHL, in the history of the NHL. I don't know if you've heard this. They're Tampa a wagon. Bay's a wagon. They're a wagon. But please, keep telling me how the Bruins can compete. I'm not keep telling, telling me you how the, the Bruins no, not can you, compete. Not you, not you. Keep telling Put me. it out to Twitter how the Bruins can compete. Keep, yeah, keep tweeting how the Bruins can compete. Nobody dreams anymore. No one believes anymore. I'm selling this year because a 100% healthy Bruins squad, you're not Tampa Bay. Wrong. Tampa just imposed their will. And showed you why they're the best team in the NHL. Head and shoulders above everybody else. They're a wagon. (laughs) I think I'm contractually obligated to say that That once every podcast. That they're a wagon. Tampa's a wagon. So Tampa will probably play either Columbus or Carolina in the first round of the playoffs. Which means that that series will go about four, maybe five games. And they'll be sitting pretty, getting ready for you (laughs) while you... Scratch and claw with Toronto. Only 50%. I was they right. have, you have real estate in Toronto's head, much like the Celtics have real estate in the 76ers' head. The Bruins have that same type of real estate in Toronto's head. But it doesn't mean that that series is not going to be extremely, extremely difficult, and you're going to be six, seven games in and then have to go see Tampa. I would be concerned. That's it. I've been late night dreaming about a life in the sun. I don't ever see a cloud out. They have to go through Tampa Bay. Do you not understand? Like, they don't. What if someone no, else knocks them out? I'm not even about to bother to watch the playoffs because you've already told me they're not getting by Tampa Bay. Perfect. And when I'm right, wrong. We can all sit here and I'll just be praised. <laughs> but please keep telling me how the Bruins can compete. Head and shoulders above everybody else. They're a wagon. Tampa Bay's a wagon. Nobody's going to beat them. So that was only half of the times that we mentioned Tampa Bay <laughs> being a wagon. And, 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 uh, and it still took up three minutes. I went through <laughs> I went through James. Actually, James went through probably half, and I went through the other half. And, and I was going to cut it up and make it so that it was just – you know, Tampa Bay's a wagon, Tampa Bay, but it was so repetitive and so <laughs> that I just was like, I can't do so. I, so I, I, I created that. could actually go back to episode 16. Yeah. And literally listen, I think it was like 
the 41 mark or something. There's literally a whole prediction of what he thought was going to be. It's actually the opposite. Exact what, opposite. It was, exact in, it was opposite. in there. It was in that little, yeah, it was it was in that in little that, mix. It was that little mix. It, it was, was hilarious. So I cracked up laughing. Where I was saying they were going to play either Columbus or whatever, and it was only going to be four or five games. You were right. Which I was right. You it were was, right. It was only four games. Yep. It just didn't go the way that anybody thought it would. But I'm not the well, only one who thought, thought this, first that. of all. I'm not the only one who thought that this that, that, that didn't see this coming, that, that thought that Tampa Bay was just going to roll through. Like, I'm not the only one. So, but I'll take my losses. Created that, so hopefully everybody got a good laugh out of it, and the sound effects were fun. Anyway, we'll talk about the Bruins. Um, they're currently down three-two. They'll they could be out by the time this this podcast actually releases because Game Six is Sunday night, and this will come out Monday, and we're recording on Saturday. But what are your thoughts on? I don't even remember where it was last time we met. Was it one-one? Last time that we uh, last time that we had a podcast yes. was no, one-to-one. No, must have been one-zero because they played Monday night. We would we would have met last Sunday, so it was Monday night, Wednesday night, and last night. No, you're right. It was one 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 one. Right, right. Yeah. So they just played game five, game six. So. Right. So, what have been your thoughts for the for the I guess the back half of this series? Now they're 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 down three two. Um, everyone wants to talk about the goal the goal interference from last night, but but leading up to that, well, how do you think they looked in Toronto? In the first game or the second game? Second as game, a whole. they look good as a whole. How did how do you think? Yeah, how do you as feel a whole, I, I have one question for you. Now you know I didn't watch. Virtually any Bruins the whole season. You know, I'm not a, a big hockey fan. Yep. So I've heard so much about the Bergeron line. Yep. I don't see it. They're not playing Where well. Where have they been? They're not playing well. That's, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Pasternak, remember Pasternak broke his hand? Yep. He hasn't looked the same since he's come back. He hasn't, I mean, he's been good in spurts. Like, I think game four... They were unbelievable. That line was unbelievable. Didn't they drop Pasternak to the second line for a they've while? Been, they've been flip-flopping, flip-flopping him, which if you remember... If you recall what I said coming into the playoffs, do you remember what that was? It's always good when you're when you don't have, know who your top six forwards are, and look at what they're doing. They're just flipping. They're throwing guys. They don't know who is playing the second line. The second line wing, shift by shift, not even game by game, shift by shift. It's a different person on that line all the time. So, which means they can't get into any any type of rhythm or no or rhythm, get in sync. no chemistry, no no anything. Right. How do you expect to? Do you remember me? And saying after this? playing eighty two games in the regular season, you should have this figured out by now. I can't. I understand injuries, but I My mean, qu- if if your top play, if your top line has been together all year, now did he do that to strengthen the second line? So the, the or try to balance things off. He so the the thought process is to make it so that the John Tavares line has to make has to. Mike Babcock has to decide who he wants to shut down. So if it, if he's John Tavares's line was shutting down Bergeron's line. So if he's going to continue to shut down that line, if you put Pasternak now, it's going to strengthen the second line where they should have, in theory, more scoring opportunities because they're getting a better player. And if if the first line is going to be shut down anyway with Bergeron and Marshan, you can put Heinen up there. And if they're if they're becoming obsolete, then the second line can pick it up, and Pasternak can drop down to the second line and should be able to contribute there. The problem is Pasternak showed up for game four. That's about it, where everybody showed up for game four. Right. You know, I think Marshan had four or five points that game. Which which was as close to a must-win game as the, as they've had so far. To that point. To Pasternak that point. played in two lines back-to-back. So he played on line one and played on line two. Double shifting? He double shifted. Yeah, that makes sense because, you know— because that's really what you want to do is is to double shift a guy who isn't doing anything to try and get him going in the playoffs. He scored. He's he's 
No, he, he, was, he was the it, big reason for Game Four. Yeah, in Game and Four. And then McAvoy. No, 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 no. Marshan had a good Game Four too. Like the, the, everybody, like I just said, everybody yeah. showed up for Game Four. But that's it. The Bergeron line has been absent pretty much outside of line four, uh, outside of Game Four, and Game Five, which was which was Friday night. Nobody showed up, with the exception of Tuka Rask. He's the only one who showed. The only reason that game was as close as it was was because of Tuka Rask. Well, obviously, if you don't score a goal until there's less than a minute left in the game. There are some people. Now, you could give credit to them defensively because it was nothing-nothing going into the third period. That's the problem. The problem is, is that that game was nothing-nothing going into the third period. Right. Well, the issue is... Mark Savard came and waved the flag. Who didn't put their phone on silent? Mark Savard came and waved the flag here on, on for game five, which I almost cried. Love me some Mark Savard. Put on a little weight, but I love him. We're the same. So you're even. We're the same. But, you guys are connected. But uh, the crowd was going crazy. The, the energy was there. Remember I talked about game one? I remember you saying that. There? It depends. It doesn't matter who sings the national anthem. It's yep. who waves the flag. Exactly. And – the energy was it, it was there. It was in the building. The place was loud, and Toronto was ready for it. So I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the first two periods. I was out. So when I got home, I was watching the third period, flipping back and forth between the Red Sox and the Celtics. But it was dead after after the first goal was scored. It was dead in the garden. Well, part of that is because the first goal gets scored, and then it has to go to video review, and then it's a you know what I mean? It's it's a it's a but it's still a one nothing game. Yeah, but it's it's a controversial with, call. But the problem is, is that it came in the third period. But you still had ten minutes left. I get that, but the Bruins, with all of the energy in the building, they needed to come out and and all of the momentum from Game Four, and they needed to just go after Toronto, and nobody showed up. They didn't do it. So, as a road team in a in a game like this, which is Basically a must win for pretty much right, both teams. Right. Well, like, no, it's not not for the Bruins. Toronto has to win or they're eliminated. No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. It's I'm sorry. It's, no, it's, you're right. It was two two. Right. But they want to get the game back home. Game five is so is is the is the most important game outside of game seven. Games three, five, and seven can be the most important. When if the series a, is tied two two. The winner of game five goes on to win the series, it's like eighty five percent of the time or something like that. It's and it's stupid. probably even higher when the winner of Game 5 is on the road. Right. Because now they're going back home for Game 6. Right. So you have all this momentum. You just beat them in their, in their barn, and then you, you come out and you just have nothing. And, and give Toronto credit. They weathered the storm. That's what you need to do as a road team. Just lost at home, and now you're going to the other team's, to the other team's rink, and the crowd's crazy. They bring back a, a, a fan favorite from my, gen, like my generation of Bruins, which is what most of the fans are in that place, are around my age, I would say. They love Mark Savard. The energy's going, and Toronto weathered it. They weathered it. So now what? Well, first, was it goalie interference? You're asking the wrong guy that. I mean, watching it over and over and over again. If you still can't make a definitive call, then you got to go. It it you got to go with what the call was on the ice. You James, can't overturn it. James, was it uh, was it goaltender interference? Yes. How so? The goalie could not play the puck. How and I know where you're gonna go with this, but how can a goalie actually see what's going on if he has a guy falling? They screen the goalie all the time. Yeah, they screen the they, goalie. They they camp some guy in front of the goalie and screen him all the time. Here's, but the puck ha- the puck got passed, and he couldn't fall because Heinemann was falling. 
What I thought was the most impressive thing about that was he was cross-checking McAvoy. Yeah, and McAvoy cross- didn't move. He pushed himself back into yeah, Rask. Yeah, he tried to cross, and he kind of like moved. Like McAvoy was so sure-footed that he moved himself back and right. hit Rask. So two things. One, the same type of play sort of, kind of, happened in the Colorado game. I saw the – you showed me the highlights today mm-hmm. when I got here. And you know what the difference was? If Rask – Rask didn't flop. If Rask flops, if Rask falls – Drops a stick. Absolutely – and it, that there would have never been called. It would have been wiped off. And if they had reviewed it, it would have been it would have stayed the same. That's number one. So Rask just flopped. That's what's going to happen now with with how poorly this goaltender interference is defined and how it's like it's kind of like what's a catch in football. It's kind of that they're not protecting the goalie. NFL protects the quarterback nowadays, so yeah. some of the hits are questionable. They do but, protect the goalies. They do. They do. They, I I. I genuinely do not think it was goaltender interference. Yes, he hit him. It was incidental no, contact, and no, he was barely in the crease. No, I don't. I mean, no, I don't think that he intended to do it. I don't think it really had an impact on the play either, because I personally don't think if there was nobody else on the ice, I don't think Rask is stopping that puck. If it was no, he had to dive too far across the net. There's to make no a save. way he goes post to post and makes that save. In in my opinion. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy. But I don't think it had – I don't think Hyman tapping Rask had any sort of impact on the play. You want to get mad at the play? Get mad at the play because that puck should have never made it cross ice. Puck should have never gotten to Matthews. But that – I don't think it was goaltender interference. And the bottom and line – And I seem to be standing alone on this. I thought they – I mean, maybe it's me and Toronto fans. But I, I – for some reason, like, I don't know. Like, every, I mean, I guess it's because it's the Bruins. Well, like the Bruins fans are going to think it's interference, obviously. The bottom line is, if you had scored a couple of goals, that wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, you only you only gave up two goals. And the second right. goal wasn't Rask's fault either. Like, like it, Okay, the second goal was the same type of play and Rask didn't get. There's nobody in his way there. Right. It was the same type of play. He had to go from post to post. And the goal the and Bruins scored was the same type of and play. It, and it wasn't Matthews shooting, which, by the way, Matthews is one of the best offensive talents in the league. No, and I, I understand where you're going. Rask couldn't stop it. That's fine. Then, then it's not goaltender interference. But you allow the play, the goalie play that play. If a go- player is falling on you and there's goaltender interference in the rule book, then it's, guess what? It's goaltender. No, interference. no, no, no. Because it, it, the goaltender interference, it, it prevents the goaltender from being from being able to make the save. And you just said he wasn't going to save it anyway. So it didn't prevent him. He could, I said no, he you could no, have. no, no. You can't say that. No, no I, I know I, you can't say that. But that's that's how I'm looking at it. Is he but, wasn't going to make that could, save either way? You so you can't have it, a questionable. If he saved it, it's a definite. The ref on the ice called it a goal, and then it went to the NHL headquarters, which are in Toronto. Conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. End of story. It's a conspiracy. End of story. It's in Toronto. It's a conspiracy. The NHL headquarters. They're all wearing their Maple Leaf sweaters yeah, while they were all, watching the oh video. Yeah, that's, definitely, that's definitely how it goes. They all have yep. big Maple Leaf tattoos. They're tukas. Like they, 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 not, they, not tuka, they're tukas. <laughs> tukas. They, I wonder if that's where he's got his name such from. A conspi- like it's such a conspiracy theory because it's in Toronto. No, obviously that's not real. But that's they, they, the referee on the ice calls it a goal. They then look at it. The NHL headquarters looks at it and still calls it a goal that there was no goaltender interference. And you're still going to argue that it was goaltender interference? Of course he is. Like He's it's, a Bruins it's, it's, fan. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's it's not like it was in the. It's not like the referee called it a goal and then nobody talked about it. They took time to look at it, and the NHL has no problem overruling the refs on the ice if they're wrong. They're incorrect. 
You see that with 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 your bazillion bogus offside calls, They've which I know you hate. But it's got to be conclusive evidence. Yes, they challenged the Calgary goal, and they yeah. and they they upheld it as a no goal. Because it was called no then goal. How can you have two things? That's because Rask didn't flop. Was that was it was it actually goaltender interference in Colorado? I don't know, but he flopped and he left nothing for debate because he he's the guy was barely moving, tapped him, and he did like a full seven twenty. He did like two full spins and then fell, dropped a stick. Yeah, could be another reason, like you just said. I I'm not a fan of hockey rules in general. You're well. The problem is people are seeing it with a Bruins heart and not the not 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 for what it is, which I, I understand. I'm not even, I like, get seeing it. it with a full Bruins heart. You know me. Alex Ovechkin is my favorite player. Is he on your fantasy team? No. Oh, well, I'm surprised. <laughs> no. But you know what? The guys who aren't Bruins fans was last night the analysts on the game. I was watching the NBC game. They were both saying they thought it was going to get overturned. Yes. And that they were surprised it wasn't. And I don't even know who they were. Mike and one of them it might have been goal. Mike Milbury. Who Mike was the Milbury? other one? Doc Emmerich? It wasn't Doc Emmerich. They had two analysts on the game. Oh, for after the game? No, no, during the game. Oh, was it Anson Carter? I don't know. I never and got their names. The guy that was that's in the booth, yeah, in the thing, he even said it was goaltender interference. So just just the referee, the official on the ice, and the people that and the people for in the Toronto NHL. with the Maple Leaf sweaters on. You can't have <laughs> in the playoff hockey. You not have a questionable call. How about in playoff hockey, you just score some goals, and then it takes all of this out of it. And we're not. This is a non-conversation. This is a non-factor. If you just score some goals, if you take advantage of the bogus penalty calls that you got in the second half, which nobody's complaining about the rest for that one, for that for that phantom trip, nobody's 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 complaining about the rest for that call. Are you? How, how many shots on goal did they have in the game yesterday? Not enough. Whatever it is, it's not enough because they didn't score on any power. No, no. Did they have? They have? Was that last? Was their goal power play goal? No, they uh, empty net goal. They uh, pulled uh, Rask. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Bruins goal. Yeah, they yeah. pulled Rask. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so eh, technically a power kind play. of a power kind play. of a power play. They had a skater advantage. So, but but uh, you had power. You had power play after power play in the second period, and you didn't do anything with it. You didn't do anything at all. You didn't right. I don't put it like it's right. not on refs. It's not on. It's not on Rask. It's not on the refs. It's on. It's on your offense. When when you play offense. when you play poorly in any sport. And you allow one call to beat you. Yeah, it's it's, it's not your fault. Not I your, mean, it, it it's your fault. Yeah, it's it's you it put is yourself fault. in that position right. that you could lose the game based exactly. on a questionable call. Exactly, you're not going to win any game scoring one goal in the playoffs. James, you got the number yet? Very, very rarely is that going to happen. Bruins had 29 shots. Toronto has 27. Decent amount of shots. Decent amount, but how many did they get but, but that towards the end of the game? That doesn't have quality shots, and it doesn't factor right. in the the flurry towards the end. Bruins of the had game. fourteen right. in the third period. Yeah. Toronto had eleven. Fourteen of their what? So they only had fourteen in the third period, which means they only had fifteen in the first two. Yeah, not great. Not yeah, I great. did that math in my head there. That was pretty impressive. That is impressive. I couldn't even remember the total number. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, ultimately, do you think we're going to be talking about this team on the next podcast? Because yeah, oh, we'll definitely be talking about them on the next podcast. Okay, we'll go into game seven. We'll absolutely I guess, I guess, be talking about them on the next podcast, one way or the other. I guess the better question is, will we be talking about Columbus on the next podcast? About Tampa the Bay. Bruins playing Columbus? Yeah. I don't think so. James? Yes. If they can go into Toronto and steal game six, 
Toronto's a better road team than they are a home team. Well, so you're leading up to my question. Do you have any faith that the Bruins can win a game seven at home? Yes, I do. When it's an even more crucial situation than what they faced in game five. I do. I, I do think that they, I mean, the great thing about game seven is it's, it's a toss-up. And I don't even know if home ice is really that much of a well, then advantage. You have a better advantage of getting the matchups you want because you have yeah. less change. Yeah, but that hasn't. I mean, you've dropped two games. You've dropped two in your own. They've each in dropped your own place anyway. So, I, right. I, I mean, the Bruins have a legitimate chance of going in and forcing a game. Set. Once you get there, it's really a toss-up, and only because whenever I say a team's going to do something for sure, Tempe. Doesn't happen. And whenever I don't say they're going to do something, Red Sox. So we, as Boston year. sports fans, want you to say the Bruins, Toronto's going to wipe yeah, the Toronto's floor. Yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's going to absolutely wipe the floor. You hear it her here first. In game six. And if somehow the Bruins miraculously get a win in game six, forget about game seven. Because Toronto's going to come out blazing and they stand, the Bruins stand no chance. Now when they advance, you have me to thank. Let's move on. What other team? What what what's the next team you'd like? Why don't we go to the Celtics? Another team we're talking team. playoffs. Is there anything really to talk about here? Um, I I wouldn't be too jazzed up that they're up three zero in the series because the last two games have been really close against a Pacers team that really doesn't have that much. The one good thing about them being up three zero means that they won a game on the road, which they had a, a tough time. Which doing they last which, season. Well, they beat the Pacers just two three weeks ago. In the playoffs last in, season, in Indiana, in the playoffs last season, last right. season they had a very, very tough time winning on. Right now, do you attribute that to Kyrie Irving? No, I attribute it to the Pacers. Aren't that good? The Pacers just suck. I wouldn't say they suck, but they're not. That, they're not that good of a scoring team. You know how we and you still only beat them by six, seven last night, and that was you. Were, you were actually trailing at a couple of points late in that game. They were trailing yesterday. big at the half, right? No, big. they were only down. No, I thought at the half they might have been tied. No, no, no. Because they were up. They scored. I think they scored forty-one points in the first quarter, and then they were down by like eight or nine. I mean, that's not big. Eight or nine, I think, going into the half. I could be wrong. It went that, both but. ways. I mean, at one point the Celtics had like an eight or nine point lead, right. and then I switched away. I was watching the Bruins for a little bit. I come back just like five minutes later, and it's tied. I mean, that's that's the NBA. They isn't go it, back and forth. Isn't it too so? Isn't it too so? The NBA that they gave the guys three days off when there was no travel day, and now all of yeah. the games are now lining up with the right. Bruins game. Isn't that? So, I think they like, did that just to piss you off. Isn't that so? It's for TV. They want to cram the games in into the weekend. I understand that now, part if, of it. If but, the, the, but, but the but the NHL didn't do it, and they just did every other day. And it's like it's just like this is how it works. You're like now you you can't you can't do it. You so, can't watch both games unless you have two TVs, which everyone freaks out. Remember. <laughs> Two TVs, the Patriots, the Patriots and the Bruins are both playing at the same time. Oh no, what are we gonna do? I don't know. They're only down by two by halftime. Now if Shows if they I win know. if they win tomorrow and if Milwaukee wins, which I don't know when Milwaukee's playing, they've got until Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> they have a week off. Before the next game. They have a full week off. Yeah, because the schedule's already set, so assuming oh. it goes seven well, the NBA games. NBA is legitimately Milwaukee the worst. They should play tonight. And they should play Monday. They should play tonight. But they're up three oh also. No, no, no. Two oh. Just 2-0? Yeah, they've only played two. It's been a week. They've only played two games. That's what according to the CBS Sports app. It's the worst. The NBA is legitimately the worst. Oh, Aaron Judge leaves the game early. That's what I just got. Um, The one thing that I have seen from this playoffs, we always talk about the team flipping the switch, when you flip the switch when it comes to the playoffs. I've kind of seen 
a different Kyrie Irving. Where he's it almost like I'm I don't know if I'm just paying attention a little bit more, but it seems like on the floor he's 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 commanding the floor a little bit better. And he's saying all the right things now. Could be because they're winning. And, and it could be because he's winning playing cares well. a lot. And it could be because he's playing well. But the comments about how he, you know, thoroughly enjoys finally suiting up for the Boston fan, Boston's fans in the playoffs and putting on a Celtics jersey in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Like now all of a sudden, he loves the camera. Remember like three weeks ago? Yeah. He's like, I can't wait for this crap to be over. I hate yeah. these cameras. Oh, but I'm gonna film a movie. And like I hate all these cameras. And now he's like, Oh, I don't mind it. I love Boston. I love I love I love playing in the playoffs in Boston. Like it's funny how like that just changes. To be honest, I've stopped listening to him completely. There was a, he had a Tuned quote. Him out. He had a quote, and, and it seems I don't know if he's just playing it up now, but it seems like he's been a lot more. He's taken on a lot more of a leadership role. You know, he gave a little speech outside the locker room. I think before the last game. You know, don't let the moment get too big. Blah blah blah. All this stuff, and it's just like it's like it seems like now he's doing and saying the right things. And maybe he was doing it before, and we just wanted to harp on him because it's more fun to harp on him. But I feel like that's kind of. The leadership aspect, it looks like he's flipped that switch. Not necessarily his gameplay, which has also been pretty damn good, but the leadership, it seems like he's he's flipped that switch. I think probably a bigger reason they've been playing better is Brown has been playing better. He's Brown's been playing, playing very well. Hayward's been playing Hayward's well. been good for the last month. Tatum has played well in the playoffs. Right. Um, you it's know, funny, they don't miss Marcus Smart. That's not yet, said. not yet, and we've said that all along. They're not going to miss Mar- Marcus Smart for the Pacers series. Yeah, it'll be the box. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We will. What were you going to say, James? That being said, do you feel better than the start of the now? How the team's playing, or are you guys still on the same boat? On the same boat. Oh, yeah. See, I've always, but I've always, I, I think that this team has something, and I've always said that. Which means they're probably going to get which, swept. Which next is round. why we've been so disappointed in them all season. Right, right. But I, I think that, especially in that league, talent wins, and I think you have more talent than the Pacers, so you're going to win. And then when you get to Milwaukee, I mean, we'll see what happens when you get there. I guess, but I think that they're they're loaded with talent, and everybody's starting to play well at the right time. So I, I think, okay, I don't so know. I, I, I guess I'm staying this. I'm staying the course with what I've said all along that I think this team can go to the Eastern Conference Finals and. The NBA final. Okay, so let's say they win. They win. They win this round. Now what? And what if they sweep Milwaukee? Okay, well. Then does that change yes, your opinion? Yes, yes, yes. Sweep Milwaukee, sweep of Milwaukee, course. Milwaukee, then yes. This is the best team in the NBA. Milwaukee is not just the best team in the East. They have the best record in the NBA, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Because Golden State, I don't know what they did all season. But they, they're, they haven't I don't think good. they have the number one seed in the uh, West. Yeah, I think they are. No, I don't think they were. The Rockets got it. Rockets got. I no. have to, uh, no. I'll, not that it matters because they're talking about a team that has you know get to more records. talent than anybody ever. So, but uh, shall we move on to the Red Sox? Let's do before then. You can look up the record and tell us what it is. But first, switch us over to the Red. There we go. Where do you want to start with the Red Sox? I guess. Uh, why don't we talk about that Yankee series? Why? Why? Because we're waiting for them to flip a switch. Warriors got the one seed. Look at that. Thank you, Preston. Coming through on the chat. Warriors did have the one seed. And uh, JB's defense on Bogdanovich. Jalen Brown. Hmm. They're not missing Marcus Smart if Jalen Brown's playing good defense. Not yet. Hmm. Not hmm. yet. Weird. I feel like I've heard that before. Rockets got the four seed, so we weren't even close. 
Good thing he's here for all of our NBA knowledge yeah. because we don't. I yeah. don't. Who knows? Um, anyway, we need a Preston cam. Yankee. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We're running There's out of room. There's only one spot for this camera. <laughs> That's my cam. We're running out of room. Um, no. So the uh, there's another side of the table. <laughs> not much room on the screen though. <laughs> Maybe you and I should get a little smaller. Yeah. yeah well, luck with that one. Um, Bunch the- all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> we can get another screen. <laughs> The uh, the Yankee series um, isn't. You can give your thoughts on the Yankee series. It was just so typical of the way they played this year. I think it was in the Sale start. Sale gave up a couple of runs. Red Sox came back. Um, Betts led off the inning. I, I forgot how we got on. He was on first. Bogarts hits a deep fly ball to right field that hits the very top of the wall. Comes back in. Mm-hmm. Ends up getting a double. Now you've got second and third. Nobody out. They don't score. Yankees come back next inning with two outs, get a couple of squib hits, and then Sale gives up a home run. That's the way. Th- and a home run that barely went out, but it went out. So that's the way the season's been going for them so far? It, it's a microcosm of a, things that can go wrong that I know I don't want to talk about last year, but la- I'm not comparing to last year. Well, I guess I am. Last year... Bogart's ball gets out. Gets out. And, and that's the home run the sale doesn't the home run exactly. doesn't get out. Right. It hits off the top of the wall or it's caught. Right. That's exactly. The so one thing, Sale didn't have another good start. He but didn't it was have better. A, his velocity was way up. Now, which leads us to another one another thing we wanted to talk about. They brought Sandy Leone back. It looks like just for sale because that's the only game he's caught since he's come back. Well, We'll talk about that in a second. I more so want to look at the, the – so you said microcosm in that in that game. You had a microcosm of the season. I thought it was more fitting that Sale doesn't have a great game, but they're still kind of in it. You know what I mean? Like, like the, sort of, like you said, like the, you, had the, you had the Bogarts thing and then the home run. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're in that game. The starting pitching wasn't great. They lose. The next game – The next night, yep. The starting pitching was the balls. Yep. Ovaldi. Yep. Was great. For six innings. Still. Six. I mean, six innings because six innings. His quality stamina, start. His stamina is not. His stamina is not up because of the right. way Core did it. So yep. he had six innings. He was great. The bullpen gets their first, really their first, their first test, their first chance. Yeah. To prove extended, themselves. extended. You know, Outside, yeah, no. trying to hold a lead for three innings. Right. And they blow it. Yep. Walk the bases loaded and give up a grand. Uh, slam. It was a hit and two walks. Oh, whatever. It felt like it felt like yeah. walking. Give, bases give up a grand slam to the great Gazoo. Do you know who great Gazoo is? No. No. Anyway, gave up a gives up to Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner on an O two on, on a fly ball that's caught on the warning track at, at in, Fenway. In, in, I any hate other that field. right field at Yankee Stadium. Any other field, but, that, but that's not even the point. The point isn't even that it was that it was that it was a, a dinky fly ball that ended up being the grand slam. It's just the fact that the like they the gave bases were loaded and you, on an O two pitch, and you knew as soon as soon as it was a walk to get the bases loaded. That's what it was, mm-hmm. and Workman wasn't even close. But Brazier gave up the home run. I know. On an 0-2 pitch. But as soon as he walked it, as soon as he walked him, I said, I need to watch this. I know what's going to happen I here. expected a little flare down the left field line that was going to land on the chalk. Like a little nub? Yeah, because that's what you usually get from Gardner. Yeah, nope, nope. I, 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 but no, he proved me wrong. He knocked I had, one in the I had, I had a feeling it was going to be a grand slam, and it, was, and I just, it happened, and I just laughed. Like I, I wasn't even angry. I just laughed. Like This is perfect. The starting pitching finally has a good, has a good outing. 
and the bullpen blows it. But that's the type of year they're having. It's just it's it's yeah, it is. Like that that's that's the microcosm I right. was talking about. You you can get a uh you know, your your pitching only give up two runs, they'll get shut out. Yep. You that's score, the way it's been you so score far. Eight, your starting pitching gives up nine. Right. Or your pitching gives up nine. So Swihart gets DFA'd. Yep. And then traded. Yep. And they bring Sandy Leon back. We'll talk about Swihart in a second. I know James is gonna probably stew over there for a little bit, but we'll let it we'll let him linger. Sandy Leon comes back, catches for sale. Did has it help he become him? no? Has uh, well, he, he, he looked he better. Was, he was uh, supposedly they did something with his mechanics, found something he was doing wrong. He was hitting consistently ninety five, ninety six. Okay. Even hit ninety seven a couple of times. Okay, but his location was still way off. It's it, it's just fitting that everyone made a big deal about bringing Sandy Leon back. They bring Sandy Leon back, and they still and they still lose. They still lose. So that was yep. fitting. Um, is he going to be Sale's personal catcher? And if that's the case. Are you blaming Sale for them getting rid of Swy? Like, like, is it Sale that caused this to happen? I don't know. I uh, the speculation that I've heard is that um, Cora and the pitching coach Levangie, Levangie. didn't want Whitehart right from the start. That it was a Dombrowski move. So I think I'll answer my own question. I don't think he's going to be Sale's personal catcher. I think right now, one of the hottest hitters on the team. Vasquez. That's why. That's why Leon's only played one game, is because Vasquez has been Vasquez has been hitting. If Vasquez, but, but a hits, catcher can't play every game. So if if you've got a pitcher catcher combo that's going to work, and you're only going to catch him one day a week, then it's sale. That's then fine. It's sale. That's fine. But but I think Leon was brought back to work with more than just sale, and Vasquez has just happened to 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 start hitting to hit a little hot streak here, and they need all the offense they can get at this point. Well, he also works well with Porcello, who's been struggling like all the other starters so let's see if he catches him tonight he may he may it and, wouldn't and surprise me especially it's going to be a night game and then a day game tomorrow so vasquez is going to get one of those two games off yep so it'll probably it'll, pro- it'll probably although be- will it be sale on sunday will sale come back it might be sale back on sunday oh maybe maybe it won't be yeah maybe it won't be. i mean if, if that's the case and he works well with porcel and he works well with sale then it's kind of their fault for lining up sale and porcel back right back if that's the case i don't even know if it is um, when no Erod's got to pitch, doesn't he? Erod pitched last night. Oh, well, there he you started go. last night. There you go. Um, which they won. Yes, Mookie's finally hitting. Had a double and a home run. So they're they're, and you know that's a big factor with this team too. Is Mookie has just not been hitting, which he owned up to. He has. He owned he up has, to it. but he he's he been in a horrendous slump. And, and, and which your which question, brings Leon pitches uh, is catching today. He is catching today. And is okay. Porcello starting? Is Porcello's yep. definitely starting today. Porcello's definitely starting. And, and Leon. Leon is in the lineup. Sale, so interesting. Is Sale starting tomorrow? Uh, I don't. Well, get on it. And, uh, not a fortune teller. <laughs> no, but the probable starters will definitely be up. And by the time this podcast comes out, it's already going to happen anyway. So really, really, really doesn't matter. So, But uh, Betts owned up to his thing, said he sucks, blah, blah, blah. The crazier thing to me is that this series right now in Tampa Bay in April matters. Isn't that, oh, isn't that ridiculous? Absolutely. When is the last time a series in Tampa Bay in April mattered? When you're eight games behind them coming in. That's it, it's crazy. To eight me. games, three weeks into the season. That's it, like that's insane to me. That's in, that's won't Price be tomorrow? Price might pitch on Sunday. Price is tomorrow. Okay, so I only then, know that because that's my boy. Oh, because he's on your fantasy team. Which actually, which actually is good because it brings me to uh, another point on our agenda, which is Price's comments about people being traded. Uh, what, what? I don't have the exact quote in front of me, and I probably should, but it was something along the lines of, you know, if we don't turn around here, Mookie might get traded. JD uh, Martinez, JD might, Martinez get traded. might get traded. Even, even I might. Even get I traded. might get traded. Right. 
To which I said, do you think you're on the same level as those guys? Because <laughs> when you look at it, Mookie Betts was the MVP of the American League last year. J.D. Martinez arguably could have been the MVP of the American League last year, slash possibly could have been your MVP, your personal team MVP. So when I'm thinking, you know, uh, when I'm thinking if, if the Red Sox are going to fire sale, I don't mean, like, get rid of Chris Sale. I mean, like, have a have, have a fire changes. sale. Yeah. yeah. Have a garage sale. Is it really going to be Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, and David Price that goes? Well, like, who's going to trade for David Price? Nobody's I mean, going to trade wh- for David What's the Price? difference between Martinez, Betts, and David Price, other than the fact that they're positional players and he's a pitcher? What, uh, what is the major difference between Martinez, Betts, and Price? Age. What else? Ability. What else? Contract. Exactly. I mean, but but my, my point is... Not just contract, where, contract status. I love David Price. But your ability is nowhere near either one of those two guys. And like, do you, no, but he's still a putting, valuable commodity to another team that's contending. Not at $31 million oh, or $34 well, million that's, or whatever it is. Well, that's the issue, $31 million over the next four years. But but he's not... He's I just, I just, I just saw him, I was like, does he think he's like... As in, like, does David I thought Price you were think, a David Price guy. Why, why are you railing against Price? I am, but does David Price really think he's as important to this team as J.D. Martinez or as important to this team as Mookie Betts? Well, why did you get that out of that comment? I think he was just making a point that if they don't start playing better, they could start trading off veteran I, players I, that's where he was going to bring in prospects. But, but, he, but he didn't mention Sale. He, he mentioned... The best player on the team. Well, what you want him to do? Run down. Player on the team. These are the list of players who could be traded. Harry, Harry, that shall. I mean, and come out with like agenda. What about Bogart? Like, you could have mentioned, you like, mentioned Bogart. Like, Bogart just signed an extension. Sale just signed an extension. So what? So Price is here he for, for multiple in. years. So I just, I just, when I, I, I just like, is this guy? Does it? That was. What I, I, I mean, he didn't mention Bradley. Nobody's trading for Jackie Bradley. That guy. Oh. that guy sucks. Somebody would trade for Bradley. Yeah. If, they, if they need an outfielder, yeah, if, if, if they if, have an injury, if Aaron Hicks is still injured and, and the Yankees need an outfielder, you don't think they trade for Bradley? The only person that would trade for Bradley is Matty D. That's it. He's the only person <laughs> that would trade that would trade for Jackie Bradley. The, the, the only one. Is it even Price's place to say that? No, it's really not. But that's that's not even my – like I just was like, does this guy think he's that important to this team? He, he you know, wasn't that might, saying it as like – He may not have been, but that's how I took it. And that's the problem with Boston sports. You guys take other it in. Other than us. Other Thank than you. me and Papa T. We don't take it in like that. But I mean, other, that, that might have been one little snippet they took out of they even, a whole a whole 10 minutes he could have been talking. Yeah. And they take that one little snippet off, and you run with it. He was just saying, if we don't smart playing a little bit better, these, these three traded. I understand. I, I know that. what he was saying. I'm not stupid. Okay, I know what he was saying. It just seems odd to me that he mentions the two best players on the team and him. That's all. People would trade for the two best players and him. I just thought it was weird. That's I think all. it's more likely Porcello could be traded because his contract's up at the end of the year, and you're going to want to get something in return Porcello rather than just let him traded. walk. It's his off. If they don't He's turn not. it around again, just because guys, just because guys. Nobody's going to trade for Jackie Bradley. Nobody's going to trade for Rick Porcello if he sucks. If Rick Porcello is 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 going to have a, a a sub, I mean, a over six ERA for the year, nobody's going to trade. Somebody for will him. trade for him. No Somebody way. will trade for a veteran pitcher with playoff experience. I don't. Not if he's not. If yes, he's they pitching will. The way Rick yes, Porcello they will. Been pitching. They will. You might not get as much for him, but somebody will trade for him. Oh, 
Blake, and remember, remember, there's only the July 31st deadline this year. So you've got to make up your mind in a hurry whether you're a contender or whether you're going to be a seller. Because you don't have that August uh, August 31st deadline anymore. Yeah, which is good. I'm okay with that. So um, we kind of glanced over the Blake Swihart thing. I'll let James finally have his moment here. Um, he got DFA'd, and then he ended up he ended up getting traded to Arizona. So, which ahead. James called? Good call, James. I just I I'm a Swihart guy. You're the David Price guy. I'm a Swihart. Yeah, I know he had no position, but I rather I don't. I'm not a fan of this. A pitcher needs its catcher. The team has their players. That's who you play with. Let me ask you this question. If they were high enough on Swihart to let Leon go in the first place, what changed when he only caught three games this year? What changed to release him? They needed a scapegoat. That, that's, that's what that, – Your catcher who only caught three games is your scapegoat. Yeah, but there was a there was they they listened Haley to was a scapegoat last year. They listen, yeah. They listened to and that worked. They listened to people complaining about how they wanted Sandy Leone because the fans were looking for a reason. They needed to shake things up, and that's what they chose to do. And to be honest, so it's a panic I don't get move. The outrage, yes, it's it a, is panic a panic move. move. They are panicking, and you're and you're you've you've got your plan, much like your plan was to have Benatendi lead off. Yeah, yet you changed that after three games. That doesn't work. Alex Cora doesn't know what he's doing. Alex Cora thinks that everything he does is genius. Alex Cora does not legitimately know what he's doing. And And I've been been, over this. No, you're right. Because every move he made last year, yeah, it worked. And I think he crossed over that fine line between confidence and arrogance and started thinking, hmm, what can I do next? I'm a baseball genius. I'll switch Mookie. He was the MVP. Batting out of the leadoff spot. I think I'll change that. Yep, that that sounds like a good idea. What else can I do? Yep. Not sign a closer? Good idea. I don't think that was his call. Well, I mean, That's not his call. That's I mean, Dombrowski's if he, if, call. If he was smart, he would have marched into Dombrowski's office and say, get me a closer. That would be smart as a manager of the team who has to actually he go He may have. There. We don't and, know. And it's just he's faced zero adversity. And it almost right. looks like he doesn't – like he literally does not know what he's doing. He's just like – And he like, doesn't know how to handle flying it. Flying by the seat of his pants, throwing literal crap against the wall – and seeing if it sticks. And sending Leon down was him throwing crap at the wall. Putting Mookie Betts in the two spot, throwing crap at the wall. It's not But why working. do you throw crap at the wall? You had something working. To try and be the next the next young So genius. everybody says, yeah, everybody says he's a genius. Yeah. Oh, look, look well, at it ain't how, working look at for you, Alex. I mean, using the starters in the bullpen worked. Not exactly, you know, a fresh new idea, but it worked. And so he looks like a genius. I think now, it was to the extent that he did it. He had all he the had starters. No choice. He had all the starters pitching out of the bullpen. He had zero choice. You could say that was a panic move. It wasn't, but panic it worked. Move. Yeah, sure. And, and maybe they're paying the price for it now. I don't think so. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think that. To some extent, I mean, they're paying the price for it. Maybe not directly, but by making that choice last year and then going easy on them in spring training, now you're paying the price for that. My thing was Swihart. The guy did not have a position. He, he did no, have a position. He didn't. He did have. He was the backup catcher. He did not have a position. Now, if you want to blame the Red Sox for screwing that up, 
Fine. They absolutely screwed it up. Fine. Okay. Because no they should problem. have just left him at catcher. But I, but you don't blame this Red Sox. You blame John Farrell. I, no, no, no. John Whoever Farrell made was, the decision to have him play the outfield and then have him play second base and then have John him play Farrell this, have him ben do Sheridan. that, that is the person that needs to be blamed. Okay? It's not, it's not – quite frankly, I think DFAing and losing Blake Swihart is not that big of a deal, and I don't really think it's that big of a loss. It isn't, but – in the in the grand scheme of things, it looks like a panic move at this point. Oh, oh, oh but he and, was a first and round he is pick. a scapegoat. Oh, but he was a first round he's pick. A, he's a first round he pick that f- they mismanaged throughout his whole career. Okay, so the current state of the guy, you're not losing anything. I'm sorry, you're not. He's not that good. He's not that good of a hitter. Hmm. He's not good enough to keep him on the team. So if you if you're gonna, my thing is if you're gonna use Blake Swihart as your backup catcher and your pitchers don't like pitching to him for whatever reason it may be, who cares if it's diva reasons? If Chris Sale doesn't like throwing to Blake Swihart and Blake Swihart is catching him and Blake Swihart hits two ten, whatever, give me Sandy Leone, who Chris Sale is more comfortable having pitched to, even if he only hits a buck eighty, you're not losing that much in in Swihart to Leone. Where it's going to matter if you're gaining Chris Sale having confidence to pitch to him. I agree with you 100% on that. But by saying that Swihart was a first-round pick, but he's the player he is now, that's exactly against your argument that Gordon Haywood is the highest-paid player on the team, so he should start. <laughs> different different. No, different it, things. it suits your argument. Different things. Different no, things. it isn't different. It's the Two same principle. Different things because Blake Swihart's not the highest-paid player on the team. But he was still a first-round pick, so you have an investment oh, no, 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 in him. No, 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 no. I, I, was, I was saying he's a first-round pick, like, Mocking, mockingly, like sarcastic. Right, well, you're mocking That's that, but still, he was he's a, first he's round a pick. player who had talent at one point that you were high enough. You, you were high enough on him to pick him in the first round, and you're just going to throw same. him away. No, Not you're going to try to get what you can out of Not that guy. Same. Not the same. And he was never the given a chance. The equivalent to that would be moving Chris Sale to be a long reliever in the bullpen. That's the equivalent. That or could if happen. Keeps, I'm pitching like a starter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. That could happen. That's the equipment. Not not a closer. If you move Chris Sale to the bullpen to become a closer, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that, but I understand that. But what? But like that would the the equivalent of Gordon Hayward would be moving Chris Sale to be a long relief pitcher out of the bullpen. You're Let's not going to do that. Let's have You're an opener, and then we'll have Chris Sale going in for. Maybe we should just innings. make Sale an opener. You're not going to do that. that. That's not going to happen. But because it seems like the third inning is when all the starters get into trouble, so maybe we should make them all openers. I mean, right now, what are they carrying? 14 pitchers? It's ridiculous. Well, they have to because you never know what you're going to get out of and, your And they've pitching. got so many players hurt. They don't even have reserve positional players which because so a, many are hurt, which brings us to our next which agenda. Which brings us to our next point. That's a pro move by me. That was a pro move. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Pedroia hits the IL, not the DL. IL. Yep. Pedroia's career over. Uh, you have to worry that it bye is. Bye. You have to. I love you, but it's time, time to move on. He's never going to walk away on his own. No, but that's... you want the guy to just say, can't do this. Make me a do consultant what? to the whatever Pedro was at that. Consultant to GM yeah. or something. Special assistant. Yeah, sure. He's Special assistant to the general manager. Was that to the, to, uh, Seattle. Have him be that. Did you see how he hurt himself? It was a fly ball to right he, field, yeah, and thing. he was running up first base. It was nothing. No contact, no, no pivoting. It wasn't like he was taken no out anything. on a double play. He just just hurt himself. Which yeah. I guess I guess he I don't know if it was an MRI or he, the doctors whatever said it's it's not that serious. It's a soreness thing, but that's not a good sign. Was he even ready to come back? He had played three games in the minor leagues. Was it a panic move to bring him back? 
I th- because to of spark a little life. Well, into it was the when, team it on was Patriots with Day. when Holt got hit. No, it wasn't Patriots Day. It was for the home opener. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Home so home. you had you had Holt was uh, went out on the IL. Yep. with his eye injury. Yep. So maybe it was a little bit of a panic move to bring him back sooner rather than later. But you have to ask: Was he ready? I don't think he was. I mean, what was he hitting? He was hitting under 200, I think. Mm. And if you watch them hit, he was not driving the ball. His hits were all to right field. Even his most of his outs were fly balls to right field. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't think he's not the same. player. Talk about a guy who's not the same player. No, that's, not even that's, close. That's him, and and it's just. I think I'm already wrong. He's not going to play 150 games this year, which I which I took the over. <laughs> I think I'm already. I think wrong. we originally started at 120 or 125, and oh maybe yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's but, no way he can play 150 now. I was wrong. But now I just is his, I think his career his career might be over. Legitimately, like there's, there's legitimate concern that his career might be. He over. may come back, but I, you know, Dustin, I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Give it up after this year. Yeah, you should walk away while you still can. Uh, Remy, retires, Remy was talking about uh, he had he had run into Pedroia coming in, and Pedroia had to rip up the floor in his house, one of the floors in his house, because the surface was hurting his knee. He is 36. And he has to rip up his floor because the surface was hurting his knee to walk on it. Not a good look. No. Two for twenty. You think he just has like trampolines in his house now, or like padded would, floors? That would be cool. Like, like you know, like, you know when you you go to like a gym Memory in like a free. high school. No, no, no. When you go, what are those things on the wall? Like the pads on the wall. Yeah. So when you, yeah. so the basketball players don't run into them. I think that's what he has in his house. That's actually still. Or hard. he has like a sky zone. Just his whole house is just trampolines. Maybe he has one probably of those, not good for the knees. One either. of those big fans underneath, and he can just like he's, float across yeah. zero G. From, he eats the thing from Willy Wonka, and he's floating all, would, acro- all across cool. the all across the house. Yeah, um, it's just he's just. I think it's. I think he's got to give. He's got to know. But now, if he, if he retires, they still have to pay him. Yes, yeah. but it doesn't count towards the luxury tax, or does it? Uh, I believe it does. Oh. I believe it does. Oh, no is, win situation. Is there like still a player that's retired and he's still getting paid? And- uh, oh, yes, Bobby Mania. Oh, Bobby Manny Benilla. Ramirez. Bobby, it's like Bobby Benilla. Bobby Benilla is going to get paid for like fifty years. Yeah, it's the first of. Yeah, so. It's like a. It's like a thing. The Mets pay him every year. Yeah. Oh man. It's only like a million dollars. Manny oh, Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is still on the books for the Red Sox. Really. And, and contributing to their salary. Tax. Really. Even though yes. after he got traded. Yes. Manny Ramirez, not yeah. Hanley. No, Manny. Manny. Manny got traded. Yes, but he's still he's still getting he got, paid. He got he got traded. The Red Sox are paying most of his salary. So, yeah, he's still so on the books for them. Can I get signed by a pro team and then just retire the next day? Yeah, I'm sure that'll work. I'm sure. Hey. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll do yeah. that for hey, you. Hey, if they need just a base, out of the goodness of their heart, if they need a bases loaded situation and an easy walk, <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> I think that's been done before. Sign me up. What number would you wear, James? I will wear one and a half. <laughs> one and a half, or just one half? One, one half. One, one half. half. Jesus. Al batting, one and a half. Jimmy James. <laughs> Jimmy James. Just James. Just James. James Cam. Nathan Evaldi also hit the aisle with a loose elbow. Not good. Apparently Not he had this good. last year, too. He only missed a month. What is a loose elbow? Loose? I don't know. Loose elements in his elbow? Something like that? No, my question is, can he even have Tommy John surgery again? Sure. Try it twice. Yeah, he's got to have some other ligament that they can pluck from somewhere in his body. <laughs> like, like he... Can he have it? Can he? Like, is it even like... You you see you see a guy hit the um, Jacob Degrom just hit just hit the IL with an elbow yeah. elbow soreness. You're like up oh, Tommy John, but now Nathan Avaldi hits and I'm like I don't, they have 
is there any ligaments left to pluck? Yeah, there's got to be something somewhere for them for them to be able to have another Tommy John surgery. You can take it out of the knee. They can take it out of the other elbow. No, so, take it out of the wrist. Supposedly, he had the same thing. Loose, loose yeah. elbow is what they call it, which is yep. a really, really weird term for an injury. But loose elbow, and apparently he had it last year, and he missed. He had to have some days. type of procedure. Yeah, he, it was yeah. like a, a minor surgery, like a cleanup right. procedure, like what Pedroia had with his knee, or someone had who just had it with their knee, where you clean up their. There's like a. Yeah, they just go in and clean up some cartilage. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And he he, he had it last year. But anytime I guess you're talking about a pitcher with an elbow injury and having a procedure on it, you, you're missing more than ten days. Let me ask you a question: If you're Nathan Avaldi, at what point do you say to yourself, maybe I shouldn't try and throw the ball 99 miles an hour? The funny thing was, he was throwing 99 in his last game against the That's Yankees. That's my point. He always he was throws, dealing. He, he was bringing it. He always brings the intensity, and he's always throwing the ball a gazillion miles an hour. What point are you going to take the approach and say, you know, my elbow is shot, probably because of the amount of torque I put on this thing, because I throw the ball so goddamn hard. But Maybe. it's not like he's a skinny guy like Sale no, or no, Pedro. No, no, no. He's built. He, he's a big guy. He's built. But still, it's clearly doing damage to your elbow. But what point are you like, you know, Maybe I'll just throw 95, which is still pretty damn hard. It is, but is he the same pitcher throwing at 95? Should be. No. If you're if you're a pitcher in the major leagues, you should be able to throw the ball 95 miles an hour and spot it. If you could throw 99, you should be able to throw it 95 wherever you want. You would think, but nobody seems to be able to do that. Pedro could do it. How, do, how does that work for Joe Kelly? Pedro could do it. Joe, he's another idiot who just tries to throw the ball as hard as he can. But at least he only pitches one inning. But at least he doesn't have elbow issues. No. So it's just like that's why. Like, at what point are you like, oh, maybe I should throw the ball a little. A at little what less point hard. do you say maybe we should make this guy a reliever? At what point should he be the closer? Yeah, but well, look at the money you're paying him, though. That's the problem. I'm fine. You so, need so now now you've got him on the IL. You've got Sale struggling. You you've got these guys on the books for the next three or four years. James, what's your solution? There's a guy who's sitting there waiting to get called. What's his name? Dallas Eichel. By the time he's ready to go, Nathan Avaldi will be back. I, I, That's the only issue. Unless Avaldi has to go for I, surgery. Right, right. Unless it's a major surgery. My major problem is. Plus, if you lose sale long term, legit, think about this for a second. If you lose sale long term and you lose Avaldi long term, is that going to fix anything? You have, no, you have no bullpen. If you're still eight games out, why would you bring him in? Exactly. You're looking to get rid of pitching at that point, and you're bringing up Darwin's and Hernandez, some of the other guys they have in the minor leagues. Exactly. Dallas Keigel's not coming here. He's going to sign soon, but he's not going to be here. Not signing soon. Well, that's because you have him on your fantasy team because you traded for him like an idiot. <laughs> I didn't trade for him. Long game. You traded for him. Like, I, no, didn't okay, even have a team. I did trade him, but I'm looking for the long game. Fair enough. And Red Sox need Just to like Alex Cora, and how did that work out for him? Hey, they they set up their pitching for the long game I have to, a to pitch Red in October. Sox. I have a better record than a Red That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's a good point. So good speaking point. of calling up players, Michael Chavis was called up. Has he played yet? No. Not playing Is tonight. he not playing tonight? So why did they, you- They're facing Charlie Morton tonight, and I forget who they're facing tomorrow, but he's another good pitcher. Blake so, Snell? No. Snell's on the I.L. Oh. Snell on, on the I.L. Elbow issue. Um, so I wouldn't expect to see him in the in the Tampa series. So why did you call him up? Insurance. I mean, you've, you Nunez is on the I.L., so you, your infielder is Sue Lin, and you've got nobody else after that. So well, if anybody year, else, two years ago, if, yeah, but if anybody gets hurt, you don't have enough, somebody else to play the infield. Is he going to play second base? He, he plays second and third. I understand he can play second. Is he going to play second? If Vasquez can play second, I think he can play second. Yeah. 
Isn't that crazy that Vasquez had to play second base? It is, but, I mean, you had an unusual situation where you had guys either you, hurt though? or sick. Did you, though? Hey, now, my question was, Swihart's supposed to be so versatile? This why was when Swihart was still on the team. Why didn't he play second base? Uh, because he's not that good. Better than You're Vasquez. You're not going to miss Blake Swihart. No, I didn't want to get back into the Swihart thing. You're not going to miss him. It's, just, a, it's, a good, it's a good question because, you know, the, he was supposed to play outfield. He was supposed to play second base. He was supposed to be this. He was supposed to be that. He was supposed to be catcher. Blah, 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 blah. But then you have – like, clearly he's not good, James. Clearly he's not good if they chose Christian Vasquez. Although, you know what? Well, it Vasquez been, had it also been, caught three days. I was going to say, it could have been Vasquez has just caught, caught a right. bunch of games. In. Right. But, but playing second base, I guess, is a little better on your knees. But you're still out there. You're still playing. You're still there for every pitch. Not really a day off. You give it that. No, like, absolutely like not a day or off. Something. That's, that's I mean, a day you, off. you look at the way the infield is set up. They're like squatting on every pitch. Right. Not like a catcher, like a but catcher. they're they're still putting strain, uh, strain on their their legs and their knees. Any uh, anything else you like to bring up now that we're again over an hour long? Oh, and we didn't even do we, a syndicate. We are uh, we are not good with time for well, some no, reason on this podcast. We One of us talks it. too much. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who. They probably did want Vasquez as bat, Debbie. Good point, because he's been crushing the ball. So, but not at that point. Not, they, just, no, it, they had that, nobody that happened, else. That happened it's since then. That happened just recently. That was like the last, like the last like four or five games. Vasquez. But in, in, one more thing about Vasquez: Does he have to have a pass ball every night, yeah. or a ball get by yeah. him? I mean, what he is, was supposed to be the next. What is the Pudge Rodriguez? He was supposed to be the next Yadier Molina. What is the sorry, Eckersley folks? Thing? I'm not saying it. What is the accuracy thing? He has a pass. Just to stay in shape. He gives him a pass. He does it just to stay in shape. <laughs> that's that's it right there. That's it. Um, anything else you'd like to discuss before we uh, before we sign off? I'm good, James. Oh, it's been fun. It's always fun. Oh wait, actually, oh wait, yeah. wait, but wait, wait, there's more. What is coming up this week, guys? I don't know. Next weekend, I don't know either. I'm gonna be celebrating because Josh Rosen will officially. Patriot oh, the draft. Because draft right. is Thursday night. Oh, that's we didn't right. Even, we, we didn't even, even think about, about the draft. No, no we did wow. not think about it. Truth is because there's not much to talk about when it comes to the draft because – You just never know what the Patriots are going to do. That That is – that's the biggest thing. The other thing is it's like, you know the Patriots aren't going to draft. They're, they're not going to take a, a first-round pick. They're probably not going to take a second-round pick. They'll have 12 picks in the third round, and it's a bunch of people we've never heard of. We could have so, actually did the Syndicate 8 on – Who we think they're going to draft? Who – or if – Tyler's going to go one or two. See, the thing is, I really don't care. I don't care about Kyler Murray in the, in the least. I don't care. I really don't care about the end. I do, because I like college football. I do, too. I like to see where these mm. guys are going to go. I, re- I need to know if I need to root for my Notre Dame fellows or not. Well, before you guys fight. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us on Twitch. Debbie, Preston, Chris, thank you for uh, commenting in the chat. Um. Don't forget, if you want to go to a sporting event, a concert, or anything else that requires a ticket, you can go to SeatGeek.com, use our code BSS. That'll save you $20 off of your first purchase. $20? Some, someone I know actually just uh, – just Red Sox came in, asked me what the code was, and gave it to them. And they got themselves some tickets, and they saved themselves $20. That's nice. A, hey, that's, that's a nice, nice. Little, nice little piece for them. Um, don't forget to check out all our articles, which are – Constantly, constantly, constantly coming out. Pretty much 20 minutes after news breaks, there's an article released by Chris. Um, It's on (laughs) bostonsportssyndicate.com. And I actually have a thank you that I forgot. I should have made this my quick thought. For the first time, and again, I know this is peanuts compared to some of the bigger podcasts that are out, but we take our wins when we have them. So um, for the first time, 
we hit 1,000 plays in a day. Not just one day. And then the next day, we outdid ourselves. And we, did, we got, I don't, know, I don't know what the exact number was, but back-to-back days, we had over 1,000 plays um, across our platform. That's crazy. Um, on our that podcast. Awesome. So thank you to everybody who's listened, um, who's clearly people are, are sharing it word of mouth because I don't think you, that happens accidentally. Um, people like a thousand people aren't just stumbling upon it. Shout out Wichita, Kansas. Um, oh, shockers. <laughs> and, uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to, uh, to the people who listen. Um, that was a, that was a nice, a nice little thing. I check it every morning, check the stats every morning. And that's a nice thing to look up to. I shared it with the group. Most of them were very thankful. Uh, certain individual took it a little sarcastically, but, uh, neither here nor there. Very, 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 very thankful to, um, so, with that being said, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast provided by IMCDM. Boston Sports Syndicate. I'm missing you back to back to back to back to back. Nights in my place and I need you in my habitat. We don't need a time and a place. So you baby face it. You work overnight and I'll be okay. I'm missing you back to back to back to back to back.